This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. This afternoon, Ward 20 Councillor Joe Cressy will make a presentation to Toronto's Board of Health saying the province needs to declare an emergency over the opioid crisis. The province has already indicated it will do more, but Cressy says since the city is losing on average one person a day to overdoses and since overdoses are increasing, it's time to do more. Dr. Hans Clark, assistant professor in the U of T Faculty of Medicine's Department of Anesthesia and director of pain services at Toronto General Hospital, has a different view. We speak to him now. Doctor, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for the invitation, Libby. Okay, so uh, I, this this is a big problem, we know that, but you say it's not an emergency. Well, you know, this is a problem that has been evolving, as we know, when we see stats of 70% increase over the past, you know, 15 years. It's been evolving for some time. Uh, it's been a pretty steady 7% increase year after year, and we definitely clearly need guidelines to help corral some of you know what's happening from a prescription standpoint, but what's happening in the addiction world and the harm reduction world is is clearly not linked. And so, what we need to do is continue to have the focus on long-term, you know, narcotic and opioid stewardship, accompanied with quality uh, pain management systems. So uh, basically, I mean, you know, we've seen uh, some harm reduction clinics just opening, you know, in the middle of the street um, on their own say-so. Are, are people overreacting? I mean, you know, overreacting is a, <laughs> a strong word. I would say that uh, they're clearly popping up in places where this is a bigger issue uh, in that neighborhood and in that population. And so clearly when uh, the individuals are saying they've saved, you know, 30 overdose patients, that probably is very accurate. Um, whether or not there needs to be more resources uh, to, to harm reduction in frontline workers. I'm, I'm sure there is, but there is a strategy clearly in place that we're, we're trying to, uh, that I think the, the province in particular is trying to handle it. Now, Councillor Cressy's working at this from the city level, and, and, and clearly the city wants to respond as well. And so it's something that, you know, we're, I'm definitely interested in engaging with the city as well in terms of how best to handle these things. Uh-huh. And uh, do you think we need, is this is this an emergency then or uh, are we dealing with it and and how i mean obviously more people are dying and that's a terrible thing but um is it is it the, the kind of huge crisis that it's being played out as so you know let's look at places that have declared it uh, a crisis and have made you know huge kind of knee-jerk reactions and you know we can look to the west to our neighbors in bc who declared this a crisis three years ago and made some, uh, you know, pretty immediate uh, knee-jerk political uh, legislation, and the death rates actually tripled in the last uh, two or three years. And so, I think a calm approach, uh, figuring out how we get resources to the people on the front line, protecting people that are currently taking their medications and using it appropriately for pain, and identifying those really at-risk 15 to 20 percent 
that are on the bubble to being uh, uh, in that overdose kind of addiction spectrum. And that's the system we need. We don't need a knee-jerk reaction declaring emergencies and, and, and making uh, uh, laws overnight that may or may, may actually harm more people than help. Uh, do you think that the way this is being handled uh, is going to make it harder for people who do need this stuff and who do use it appropriately to get it? Maybe we already know that. We, we, we've seen, you know, pleas from patients saying, you know, I go to my doctor and I take my three pills or my four pills a day and they don't want to give it to me or they're making me uh, uh, stop taking my medication and now I'm staying in bed. I can't even go have coffee with my with my uh, uh, colleagues because I'm now in pain and not, not able to function. Um, have you had to cut back on the number of people that you uh, give this kind of medication to? So what you know what this has enabled, I think, is is clear, a closer look at individuals in terms of you know who should continue to be escalated, and we now have safe doses to protect future patients. What it's definitely caused for me is more people coming my way because they need help from the primary care standpoint to make sure there's a second opinion that somebody with a you know a pain background and a chronic pain expertise has you know, they're back to say, you know, you've tried all of these things. The opioid is the medication that these folks need to function. And I'm getting, I'm seeing more of those types of referrals. Okay, doc, is this okay? Is, you know, and, and the fact is, if you're helping your individual and your patients improve their quality of life, what you're doing is okay. If you've crossed that threshold, that's a whole other story. And, and that's what we're really working to protect those individuals that are crossing that threshold. Okay. And just uh, as a final question, so is the problem if, if you have uh, primary care doctors, family physicians who are, uh, you know, balking at giving people this stuff and then they need to go and see someone like you and it takes them, I don't know, four months to get in. Is, is that where the problem lies? That's one of the problems. I think just, you know, the, the simple education in terms of, you know, what, what are those safe doses? How do you get people there? How do you maintain them there? And how do you not cross the threshold in, into the next level? But yes, there is a bit of a bottleneck. And, and I think we're, we're trying, the, the ministry is definitely investing resources into enabling more patients to have that type of uh, multidisciplinary pain care. You know, right now it's one in 52,000 individuals have access to this. And so there's definitely significant funding uh, going into to that approach from a pain management standpoint in the province. Okay, Dr. Hans Clark, thank you so much for that. You're very welcome, Libby. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.